This is Bethany Elliott, and you are listening to the Sacred Sisterhood Podcast. Welcome back to the Fruit of the Spirit series. This week, we're talking about patience. And yes, I mean that patience, the one we always pray for but still struggle to receive. Our verse of the day comes from Psalms 40, verse 1. I waited patiently for the Lord to help me, and he turned to me and heard my cry. I know for me, patience is that fruit of the spirit that just always presents itself in every situation. I feel like I'm constantly praying for things that I have to wait for God's timing on or I always get into big deal situations that just require being patient, which is so hard for us to do, isn't it? We all struggle to wait and not just to wait, but to wait well. So I want to touch on a few different lessons about patience within this one episode. That patience is required in order for us to receive the rewards that God has for us and that we shouldn't use our season of waiting to do nothing We must also be patient with God and with other people and when we experience life struggles. There's a video that went viral for a while and people were trying this trend even on their own children, but it's a video of an experiment done and it's where adults, they have a cookie and they place it in front of a child and they tell the child that they're going to go and leave the room. And when they come back, if the child hadn't eaten the cookie, they're going to give them another one. But if they did eat the cookie, then they won't get another one. And it's an extremely cute video on patience um, for patience in children and You should go watch it if you haven't seen it. It's on YouTube, I believe. Um, But this is what I think about a lot when I think about why patience is required of us and why God wants us to be patient when we ask for things of him. And we either haven't gotten the answer or when the answer is just to wait. Galatians 6, 9 says, Let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we do not give up. There is a time that we will reap, but we must be patient until it comes. And that's the spot where most of us get stuck, right? We've asked God and we've asked and we've asked and we've asked and he tells us to wait or he says, not now, but that's just not good enough for some of us. Let us not get tired of doing the good thing. Let us not get tired of waiting well, because there will come a time for us to reap what we've sown. And I want mine to be a blessing because I didn't give up. We live in a world of instant gratification, which is, according to dictionary, the experience of satisfaction or receipt of reward as soon as the response is made. So in other words, I did X, so I immediately need my reward for it. Aren't we like that? We don't like to wait for anything. We live in a I want it now world where everything we need and want is easily accessible wherever we need or want it. But some things don't 
work that way. Some things require prayer and patience. And when we opt out of that for instant gratification, we get ourselves into a lot of mess a lot of the time. See, we don't always get our reward immediately after we've done the work. We have to be patient in order order to see results. And do not give up. Keep praying. Keep believing in God's plan and trusting that he heard you and he's working on your request if it is in his good will. Some of my greatest rewards have come from being patient and waiting on God's timing. Another thing I think about when I think of reaping the rewards of our patience is the ultimate reward, which is heaven. I hear way too often about people getting burnt out doing ministry and while ministry can be can be great and it can bring great joy to our lives, it can also make you feel like you're being used or like you haven't gotten anything from what you've given. But I think we forget that this is not it. This is not all we get out of serving God. The things we are doing now for God are great, but our reward is coming later. No one said it better than Paul in 2 Timothy 4, 7-8. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. I know I want to be able to say this about myself. Just like Paul, we have a reward waiting for us if we keep the faith. But this isn't the reward we instantly get. This is not instant gratification. We must endure to the end for this one. So in our waiting seasons, how are we waiting? How do we wait? I know for me, I don't I don't like to wait for anything. So a lot of times in my season of waiting, I'm constantly in prayer asking God, what can I do? What do I need to be doing while I'm waiting? Um while I'm waiting on him, while I'm waiting for him. As many of you know, if you're friends with me on Facebook or if we go to church together or if you just heard through the grapevine, our church is starting a preschool and Mother's Day Out program and I'm the director over that. I'm constantly, and I'm constantly praying for this program. I'm constantly praying for the families that I hope to serve one day. But we're at a bit of a standstill with this program because I have to have a certain amount of families enrolled to be able to, to even jumpstart this program. So I've been praying and praying and asking God what I need to do to advertise and where the best places to go to advertise at. Um, and I'm waiting. Yes, I'm waiting on God. But I'm I'm also acting in my waiting I'm not just waiting on him. I'm acting. I'm asking him, what can I be doing during this time? I'm not using my waiting period to just sit and let God do his thing because I know that I have a part to play in this too. During this entire waiting season, God has given me a verse that I'm constantly thinking about and it's James 2:26. For as the body without the spirit is dead, So faith without works is dead also. I can have faith all day long that God is going to do amazing things for our program. But if I'm not doing anything but saying, God has a plan, I know he's making a way, or I have faith in him, I'm not showing him any of that. I'm not showing him anything. 
I'm not showing him that I have that faith because I'm not doing anything. I'm saying, but I'm not doing. And I'm not, I'm not showing him that I believe in his, in, I'm not showing him that I have faith. I will get it out. (laughs) I'm not showing him that I have faith and that I believe in his plan by my works. And if I'm not doing that, do I truly have faith? I think a lot of times we leave our stuff up to God when we haven't done our part in it. We expect God to do all the work for us when really he's equipped us to do some of that work too. I'm not saying that we shouldn't trust that God can do what we ask of him all by himself because he certainly can. I'm saying that we pray and ask God for things and when we sit around and and wait for the thing to fall in our lap without having us to get up and do the work that's that's a little bit crazy. It's like looking for a job. I can pray and pray all day long and all night for God to give me a job. But if I'm not out there putting in applications and putting the word out to other people for help, I'm not going to find a job. We can also be waiting for a sign. You know, people, I'm waiting for a sign. Uh, we all know somebody or know of somebody. Um, you know, we find ourselves waiting on God to take the next steps, but it's not God who needs to move. It's us. Like the guy who, I don't know if anybody's ever heard this story, but the guy who was lost at sea and he prayed for God to save him. One boat came by and he said, oh no, no thank you, God, I'm waiting on God to save me. The second boat came by and he said, no thank you, God's got me. The third boat came by and he said the same thing, God's going to save me. He ends up dying and when he gets to heaven, he says, God, why didn't you save me? And God said, I tried, I sent you three boats. We have an expectation of what we think God is going to do to work things out for us. And that causes us to completely miss it when he does. Because sometimes our expectations are not what he had for us. What about when we're going through trials? Waiting for our storm to pass or even someone else's is something you can't really explain to anyone unless you've seriously been through it and come out better than you went in. We've all been through something that we can call our storm We have all experienced a time in our lives when you see no light at the end of the tunnel and it seems as if you've been patient long enough and nothing is changing. As I sit here and and I'm thinking about mine, I'm thinking about the time that I was the most depressed in my life. I had been sad before, as everybody has, but I've never felt this type of deep depression before. And I vowed to myself that I'd never feel this again and I'd never let anybody have that much power over me to make me feel that way again. But it was my senior year of college and I was struggling in my junior year already with just homesickness and wanting to be closer to home. I had gone 10 hours away from home to school and while many people around me, my roommates and things, could just pick up and go home on the weekends, I couldn't and I really did have a hard time with that. I didn't really struggle with that the first two years, but for some reason, the last two really just did it for me. My mom and I even 
went and toured some colleges closer to home, even in the same town we lived in, but they just weren't a good fit for me and credits weren't transferring right and all that. So I decided to just stay where I was and just stick it out until the end. But already experiencing that in my junior year, it was hard going into my senior year with the same issue and then adding roommate drama on top of it was just the icing on the cake, right? Well, it was about the middle of my senior year that things got bad. I had basically no friends, really, but I had gotten into a relationship with the guy and I was determined, y'all, that he was the one. I mean, we talked about marriage. We talked about me moving to be closer to him after graduation. We talked about what our wedding would look like. Y'all, it was a whole thing, so I thought. And this was the type of relationship that I had always prayed for anyway. It was Christ-centered. He was very respectful. We had a ton of things in common. It was really just, air quotes, perfect in the beginning. And I couldn't see how that would change, honestly. I thought that God was finally giving me what I had prayed for. Well, I was I was completely wrong and it ended very quickly. We were together for about two or three months and then he broke up with me because he felt like we were moving too fast, which we were, let's be honest. Talking about marriage, not even the first month in is cray cray. But he initiated all the marriage talk, all the moving close and all the wedding stuff. He said all of that first, which was com- a complete red flag, but I was dumb, so I didn't see it as that. And when we broke up, he said that he just wasn't ready to be in a relationship, which was fine. It was cool. Um, I'm fine with that, but it's the lying. He lied because he got into another relationship with someone, someone else two weeks after breaking up with me. And that's what really made me angry. It's what really kind of made me depressed because I I spent time beating myself up and thinking it was me who did something wrong in the short relationship. I was so depressed that my body even rejected food. I would wake up in the morning shaking because I wasn't eating as it was. I wasn't really eating anyway. And when I tried to eat, I would get sick and throw up. I had lost so much weight because of that. And when people pointed out like how small I had gotten, I got even more upset because I just, I wasn't getting small for the right reason. I didn't want to be losing weight that way. I didn't tell anyone how much I was struggling because I didn't really have anyone to to talk to about it. And if I did, it wasn't really something that I was open to talking about. I, I'm not really one to to share my issues in that way. That's just not my thing. That's not, that's kind of not what I do. But in the season of my life, I remember crying every day and praying that God would help comfort me and to get me through the struggle. And I believe that God heard me because now that I think about it, I be, I began to go close, grow close, so much closer to him in that time, I had prayed more than I ever had in my entire life. I had studied my Bible more than I ever had done. And because I chose to do that stuff, he made me whole again. I had just, it was a lot. I had been through so much at that time of my life. But had I leaned on my own feelings and given into my depression, I probably wouldn't be sitting here telling all this. 
But what I learned in my season of waiting, I will take with me forever and I will keep and, you know, I'll keep it with me forever. And I came out of that struggle in my life better than I went into it. God needed me right there in that waiting season to prune me for who he had for me and for who he wanted me to be. About a month or so after that season in my life, I met my husband and that's a story for another time. But I believe that God handpicked my husband, especially for me, because the way he swooped in and that just wasn't normal. But I promise um, to tell you all the story another time. But I shared that story to tell y'all that the way you wait in the middle of your storm matters. What's that song say? Um, And I'll praise you in this storm and I will lift my hands for you are who you are no matter where I am. I love that song because it's so true. We have to praise him in the storm. So when he brings us out, he brings you out. When he brings you out, he will bring you out better than when you went in. And when he does that, you can know it. And you can know that it wasn't your power, but his that brought you through it. As we wrap up on patience, I want to leave you with the last two lessons for patience, and that's patience with God and patience with others. I previously stated that sometimes we are the one that needs to make the move and act during our waiting season, but if you've prayed and haven't been presented with opportunities to act, then then it is sometimes just a God thing. We sometimes don't have a choice when it comes to waiting because there just isn't anything more we can do. And times like these require us to just wait on God's timing. But sometimes we have a struggle waiting and and sometimes we don't wait. And when we choose not to, we can really do some damage on a plan that was never meant to be tampered with. One thing that comes to mind when I think about being patient with God is when we are being mistreated. Romans 12, 19 says, do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. We were never meant to serve justice. That's that's just not our job. God is the only righteous judge. Like I said in the first episode, I think the one about love, let them mistreat you. God can do a better job at repaying than we can. And trust me, I wouldn't want to be the one being repaid an evil deed by God. It can be hard to see people somehow or some way get away with their evil doings against us or those we care about. And we might even feel like God is just not acting fast enough on the punishment of those people. But again, it's not our job to seek that revenge. We do more damage when we take matters into our own hands and trust me, trust and believe me, They have not gotten away with doing evil, and they won't. Disregard the talking babies, (sighs) y'all. To continue, whether they be punished immediately or three years later, we never get away with doing evil. Psalms 37, 7 says, Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. 
I heard someone say that God sometimes won't make things right on this side of heaven, but all things are made right on the day when we are called to be with him in our eternal home. And I love that because we may not see things being made right right now, and we may not ever see it, but we must trust that on that day, all things will be made right. Second Peter 3, 9 says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understands slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Simply put, we need to be patient towards God because he is patient towards us and towards the people who have wronged us. He wants us all to repent and come to him. Those who do evil have just as much of a shot at heaven than we do. We are no, we've done evil. Just because they are doing an evil deed does not mean they're not going to be able to go to heaven. They have a chance as long as we're living here. Jesus is coming back one day and he wants to give us all an opportunity to change our lives before he does come. So no, he is not slow to fulfill his promise. He just wants, he just doesn't want anyone to be left behind. Last but not least, Patience with others. This is a hard one because I feel like most of my issues with patience come from not being patient with other people. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 describes love as patient. And in Mark 12, 31, the second greatest commandment is to, commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself. So if love is patient and we are supposed to love our neighbor as ourselves, this shows us that we are required to be patient with others. I think my truest test of patience is with my children. I love them, but good grief, they can really press some buttons. And if you're a mother, no matter what age your your children are, I know you can relate. But I think, but I like to think of it as the way that God sometimes thinks of me. I am his daughter and he loves me, but good grief, I can really press some buttons. You see why patience with others is so important? Because in almost every scenario that we aren't patient with others, God has been patient with us. If it, if it weren't for his patience, we'd all be in, in pretty bad shape. Colossians 3.13 sums it up for us. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. If you can't find any reason to be patient with other people, this is the one reason and the only reason you need. Forgive as the Lord forgives. Be patient as the Lord is patient. Remember this next time when you are feeling impatient with others, that God is patient with me, so I need to be patient with them. Thank you for listening to the Sacred Sisterhood Podcast. Please do not forget to subscribe and leave a review. I can't wait to have you back next week as we study more about the fruits of the Spirit.